right, welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. Today's was a spirited MVP discussion. We welcomed on basically every NBA writer from SB Nation. Mike called in the, uh, the cavalry here. We had Zito Madu arguing for Russell Westbrook, Christian Winfield in arguing for LeBron James, Tim Cato on behalf of James Harden, and Mike himself doing the Kawhi Leonard bit. I was the moderator. I think it went pretty well. Hopefully we didn't talk over each other too much. But before you listen to this, please go ahead, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things we always ask. We get to the questions. You'll see that's in here as well. You can shoot us those questions uh, over to Mike Prada at SBNation.com via email. You can also find us on Twitter at Mike Prada SBN, at Limited underscore Upside, and at EpiBen. Uh, we love hearing feedback. Give it to us. Tell us why uh, we're wrong. Tell us why my verdict in the end was wrong. And tell us who your MVP was. We love hearing those comments. We got the smartest listeners. So we always appreciate uh, what you send to us. And hopefully you enjoy this MVP discussion on the limited upside. Welcome back to the Limited Upside Podcast. Today is the first of its kind. We've never tried this many guys, this many personalities on one podcast. So I don't have Mike with me in studio. I actually have, I have a, a Christian Winfield today in studio with me. He's going to be participating in this MVP debate. We also have Zito Madu on the line, Tim Cato on the line. We're getting all the SB Nation NBA writers together to talk about the MVP of the league. It's been a, I'm, a I'm hotly contested conversation all year. So <laughs> I'm here too. Oh, oh, yeah. And I should say, I forgot. I guess, I guess... That, that familiar sound, that's the, the beautiful tones of Mike Prada. Uh, Mike is going to be arguing today as one of the participants. So I'm going to try to do my best job to keep this all together with some kind of flow. So what we want to do is we're going to start with the uh, LeBron James argument for MVP, and then we're going to work our way to Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and eventually Russell Westbrook with some cross-examination in between. The representative of the LeBron James delegation is Christian. The floor is yours. Well, you know, I had to settle for LeBron James. I wanted <laughs> Deion Waiters, number one, and number two, I wanted Ron Baker. But neither of those two guys are, are running for MVP. Um, when you look at LeBron, you know, six straight finals appearances, about to be a seventh. You know, you can judge him on what he does in the regular season, but look at his numbers, 26.5 points, 8.7 assists, 8.6 rebounds. You could say, you can argue that the Cavaliers have the second seed, but they've only been the first seed twice in the last six years or so when they've made those championship runs. Um, without LeBron, this team is barely 500, in my opinion. Um, I don't think there's really an argument here. LeBron is easily the most valuable player every year. We just have fatigue. We're tired of voting for him. It's kind of like MJ. When you got tired of voting for him, you voted for Chuck. Um, I think people are getting tired of voting for LeBron, and they're looking at Steph Curry, or they're looking at Russell Westbrook, they're looking at Kawhi Leonard, they're looking at James Harden, who are all deserving of that. But you can't ignore LeBron and what he does every year. It's a stand excellence, and that's my argument. All right. First question, Mike Prada. Yeah. Hi, Mr. Winfield. Is it not true Uh-oh. that the <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers were a dumpster fire in the second half of the season? And is it not is it not true that if a team is a dumpster fire for a long period of time, it's kind of hard to pick the MVP from that team? Um, I don't I don't think that matters. I think what matters is that they're going to the championship. They're going to the finals no matter what. And I think that LeBron is the center. Are we sure about of that? that? <laughs> are we sure about that? Are you betting I mean, against we're Cleveland? We're kind of sure, right? We're kind of sure. I don't think we're betting against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. And I think we're not betting against them because LeBron is on that team. Is it not a regular season award? 
it is a regular season award, which is I think is a flaw in the awarding <laughs> process, but it is a regular season award. Um, the Cavaliers should have the best record in the East right now. They don't, but LeBron is the reason why they're going to go back to the finals. All right. Wow, this is starting off pretty well. Tim, your, your, <laughs> turn, your turn for the cross-examination question, and then Zito, I'm sure Uh-oh. you're just rearing here, so just wait one second, and Tim, you go for it. Yeah, I mean, my my thing is that, you know, I, I love LeBron, and but, but you know, is, is his defense there? Is is he carrying the team the same load? Um, it, it does feel like his teammates, you know, have talent, you know, talent-wise are right up there, you know, with, you know, maybe better than say the Rockets, or or certainly better than than the Thunder. Um, should he not be have some responsibility for uh, them disappointing? Is that is that just you know his bad luck? You know how how much of that factors into uh, to his MVP case? Um, just want to touch on the first part of your question. Did you ask if if his defense was there? Uh, yeah, I mentioned his defense as well. Are we are we are we in? talking about that in comparison to a James Harden or in comparison to a Russell Westbrook? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're going to do? Is it, is it not true? Not, no, is it, is, is it, it's Tim's only, floor. It's we, are, Tim's we are floor. only examining uh, the, the one man that you're defending right now. So. Uh, Don't I, turn this around on me. I will say, you know, yeah. when you win three championships and make six consecutive finals appearances, you deserve the, the little bit of a chance to rest on defense every, every now and again. Um, you know, they have. You can say this season they haven't lived up to the expectations that they set for themselves in past years. You can say that his supporting cast is much better than Russell Westbrook's and is better than, probably better than James Harden's as well. But when you have the best player in the world, supporting cast doesn't really matter. It's are you going to get back to the finals, which they are. You know, I think people forget that LeBron isn't judged on what he does in the regular season, he's judged on what he does in the finals. And, um, just for that reason, that you're expecting him to get back to the finals every year, he should be in this conversation no matter what. Zito, this what is a think? regular season award. <laughs> that's true. Who cares? We're ju- if we're not judging. If this is a regular season award, if this is a regular season award, then it should go to Dion Waiters. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Uh, Zito, a question for uh, Christian before we go to Mike for the Kawhi. I just want to know how comfortable you are giving this award to a man who said he'll die for sports, period. <laughs> right? Like, okay, like, let's, okay, besides the fact that LeBron's tweets are just incredibly dumb, he's just not having that same type of LeBron year that he usually has. I mean, he has a LeBron shooting well from the field, 26, blah, 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 right? But, like, compared to everybody else that's on this list right now, he's kind of, like, on the lower end of who should win it. Like, he does LeBron things, but do you really think what he usually does is comparison to, like, what James Harden and Russell Westbrook are doing this year in the regular season? Because no one cares about the playoffs right now. You, you know, let me ask you a question, Zito. Yeah. Is, is this your best season of your career? Are you having the best Zito year of your own of your lifetime right now? Am I having a best year? Are you have is this the best year of your professional career? I, I object. Where are we going with this? No, no, no. Right, well, <laughs> We're going somewhere. Sustained or whatever. Keep, uh, not sustained. I think, I think my 2015 was kind of prolific. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't lived up to the feelings of Zito's past, but you know, I'm 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 in my LeBron year, my LeBron 2017. So, so this year. is so this isn't your your Kawhi year. This isn't no. your this isn't your James Harden year. This it's is your not. LeBron year. Yeah. And you said LeBron because he's the greatest, correct? 
No, I'm saying, like, how does he compare? Like, the season that he's having, the load that he's carrying, does it compare to what James Harden and Russell Westbrook are doing, which is just, like, incredibly historic, right? This LeBron's good. LeBron's great consistently. Good? Right? Uh-huh. But his consistent greatness in this year is kind of not living up to what these other two are doing. Like, you can argue that LeBron should get it because LeBron's always great. But here we have two exceptions that take the attention away from that. Are two you exceptions. Just saying, Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse uh, me. Who I don't I don't I'm not giving the award to a man who whipped braids in 2017. But like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but like, are you gonna? I, say I get your point, Zito. I, I think Harrison. that I think that where where I argue here is that if you take James Harden off of that team you can fill that void and still have a playoff team if you add Lou Williams into the point guard slot. They're still going to win ball games. I would be yeah. more inclined to, talk, to to angle on Russell Westbrook's side, but I think for sure if you take LeBron off of the Cavaliers, that's not even close to a championship team. That's barely a playoff team. That drop-off is significant, you know, and that's one of the reasons. That's, that's really the main reason why you look at LeBron and you say, oh, you know, this team is still going to make the playoffs. They still, have, they still have Kyrie. They still have Kevin Love, but that team isn't competing for anything. That value that you have, and, and it really depends on what is value. Is value leading your team to the playoffs or is value a championship? What is value? You can say it's a regular season award, but why isn't is. Isaiah Thomas in this conversation then? If he's because if we're talking he about regular season, to James Harden. And I don't know. His team has the top seed in the East. What do you mean? So you yeah, take him off that team. Where are they? Where are they? Right. So there, there's two ways to look at that. Right. There's the wins and loss. They're basically the dichotomy that James Harden was tweeting about or whatever, which is is wins what you're looking for in your most valuable player, uh, or is it individual performance based upon a threshold that's been set as a spectacular, unattainable record? Mm. That's a triple-double record. But there's also the two sides to the game. The reason why uh, you know the, the next candidate we'll talk about here, who Prade is representing, is in this conversation, is because he indexes higher in the holistic, there you go, Mike, the full oh game of God. basketball. I did that on, I crossed it off my list. He's, nerd, he's the nerd's favorite. And we hit it. Yeah, well, that's why Mike's going to be representing Kawhi. It's perfect. Thank uh, you. So with that being said as to why yeah, we're not wanna, ha- I still want to talk a little bit more about LeBron real quick okay um, okay I okay. don't under are you <laughs> suggesting that a team with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love would not make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference I think they would be the seventh or eighth seed that's yeah, in the playoffs last I checked yeah no I didn't say they wouldn't make the playoffs I said they'd be at the end of the playoffs do you are you also suggesting then that the Houston Rockets would make the playoffs in the East without James Harden in the West absolutely I think no, they would be I, the eight seed. You don't, you don't think they'd have a better record than Portland be or, or Denver right now? No. <laughs> yes, they would. No. Yes. I, no. I think no. a lot of the James Harden hoopla has to deal more so with Mike D'Antoni orchestrating that offense and building it all around him. And I think we've seen him do that with Raymond Felton. We've seen him do that with Jeremy Lane. We, we could watch him do that with Lou Williams. We could watch him put Eric Gordon in that slot. I don't think – I'm not taking anything away from James Harden. He's an amazing player. But we've seen him do this with, with different point guards before. So why can't we imagine him doing it with Lou Williams? Hmm. Hmm. Oh Jesus! Hmm. Well, I know, I know that uh, <laughs> Lou Williams. I bring up Lou Williams' name sometimes in a positive manner, and I, I get bricks thrown at me in this office. So uh, <laughs> I don't want that to happen here. Yeah, so Williams bricks like what he does in the playoffs every year. Oh, oh that was too easy, Dang. Mike. 
So Zito was saying something good about him. What was that? What were you saying, Zito? He's on the Lakers. He's like the best player in the Lakers. <laughs> He's a Laker legend. Don't disrespect the man. That's Zito, like, did they not win four in a row after they traded him at the end of the season? Oh, man. Did you see? Like, Lou Will was the only reason that the Lakers were even in half of those games, right? He was, he was averaging more points off the bench than any of our starters. Okay. <laughs> Don't come for Lou Will. I will say Lou Will is like twice as good as last season than Kobe. So you know, Lakers fans know know what they're watching with that. That's even a Drake song. I admire Lou Williams, man. That's my man right there. Um, There is a question here. I guess it's a good time to throw it in here real quick before we do go to Kawhi, because, Mike, I want to make sure we do have enough time for everybody. But uh, during the MVP debates, I'm going to throw this to Christian. This is from TM Warning, friend of the pod. Thanks for tweeting this at us, buddy. Uh, During the MVP debates, he says, I often hear people referencing the systems that players play in. Like, for example, Harden's the beneficiary of a system. So when evaluating players individually, how much should we discount the system uh, as helping or should we reward them for making that system work? Because no one, arguably even the two-time in a row MVP that Steve Nash was with D'Antoni, has really run this system close to as well as James Harden did this season. That, that is a good point. Um, I, I think that when it comes to, I think it also has to deal with who the coach is. Because mm-hmm. you can say the same thing for Kawhi Leonard. Is he a beneficiary of having Pop as a legendary coach? You look at sure. LeBron, who's playing in a, or for a coach that's just in his second season. Mm-hmm. Even Westbrook, he's playing Billy Donovan. This is his second season. Am I correct? You know, it's it's kind of tough. So you but, almost um, give more credit to LeBron, who kind of creates the system around him, as opposed to someone maybe like a Harden, a softball Westbrook, or a, <laughs> hey, look, a softball question. He, everyone gets one. <laughs> everyone gets one, Mike. Stop being a hater, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it takes a legendary MVP caliber player to mm-hmm. to have a system built around him more so to speak than have a system that's already in place Um, and I think we've seen LeBron do that everywhere he's gone and I don't think it's you know and you can argue Westbrook is doing something similar in Oklahoma City but LeBron has shown he can do this every single year and he's shown he can drag his team to the finals every single year and as much as you guys want to discredit that from the MVP race because it's not a regular it's not a playoff award it's a it's a regular season award for this Um, year (laughs) so with with that your best argument for him winning MVP is what he's done five years ago no it's what he's done every year Every year, yeah, that's how sustained excellence and sustained the fact that in the back of your mind, you know he's the best player in the world. Sustained excellence is a lifetime achievement award. Not <laughs> what? Do you want to really give this award to, to like Kobe, what we did in 2008? No. Wow. No. <laughs> Let's see how many oh, times man. we can knock down Zito's Lakers here. Wow. You, you know, to Christian's credit, I think we actually should give LeBron the uh, the best player in the NBA. Oh, wait. It's not the best player in the NBA. It's yeah. most valuable. Oh, ignore that. All right. All right. Tim, is, is a championship not va- more valuable than anything else? Well, there's a separate MVP award, award. Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, my goodness. Best player. Because that's what you want to give him. You want to give him sustained excellence, right? No. At the end of his career, give him a Lifetime Achievement award for being so good consistently. It's called the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and, uh, and luckily we do we get call to call it the Zito Award. For, <laughs> call it the Zito Award. Uh, <laughs> over, over, the, over a decade. Yeah, you should have <laughs> won ball the long time ago award. Not like, oh, the, no. not like the 2012 Zito. Terrible year for Zito. That, that was a down year, man. Yeah, <laughs> <unemployed>. <laughs> uh, I was worried. I didn't know if you were going to make it back. Dude, I was <laughs> eating pizza rolls like every year that. <laughs> We should get Tostinos as a, as a, as a, as a sponsor for this. Um, oh, with that being said, let's hear about uh, participant number two here. That is Mike Prada repping Kawhi Leonard. The floor is yours, Mike. I, I, hello, everyone. Um, let me ask you guys a really basic question before we start. Um, how, what are the two components of a basketball game? 
Offense and defense. Defense. That's right. What does Kawhi <laughs> Leonard do that the other two, three players in this race do, race do not do? Not speak. Body to death. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is defense. He plays defense. And as I, as we had previously astutely noted, because we talked about two ends of the of the game, defense is half the game. It is half the ends of the game. And you all would like to choose your MVP based on the player who plays only one of those ends. And don't say, don't say, don't say that Kawhi Leonard does not play offense. He does not score quite as many points as these other players, but he's just as efficient. He is seventh in usage rate, so he is the Spurs system. There is no Spurs system anymore. (laughs) It is him. He is one of the best isolation scorers. And please take a look at that team when you get a chance. Please take a look at it as Mr. James Harden famously uttered, what's the point of this? It's to win, right? Which is the team that has won more with the player that has won more with the team around him full of aging, slow, slow players that can't shoot the ball? That is Kawhi Leonard. That is why Kawhi Leonard should be the MVP of the NBA. Ooh, that's pretty persuasive. And I'll say this, Mike, that's the most animated I've ever seen you get about something that didn't involve because me saying something about the Wizards. <laughs> Zito, ex- ex- explain that. Tell me, why, tell me why Kawhi, and I know you've said this before, tell me why Kawhi is the nerdy pick for the uh, MVP. Because if Kawhi Leonard fills all the statistical sheets, right, it's like if you want to be a nerd who just who would just so attracted to the advanced analytics, wherever, right, because I'm not an anti analytics person but i'm saying like Kawhi leonard is perfect made for very very esoteric nba writers sorry mike i love you to death <laughs> are we are we arguing like an existential crisis are we arguing who adds no, the most no. value on both ends of the floor I'm this is saying, not an like, award about judging. me this is a award about Kawhi leonard okay. why are you making it a personal attack no it's not a personal <laughs> attack at all i'm saying like with Kawhi leonard right and saying that Kawhi Leonard plays defense and James Harden and Russell Westbrook doesn't, whatever, right? That's fine. But you can't – that's – the judging James Harden and Russell Westbrook by what Kawhi can do is kind of unfair, right? Every well, that's what we're doing. Strength. It's the MVP race. We only get to pick one. Yes, but you have to look at what each person can do. And if they're doing what they can do at their best and if they're doing it to help their team in the best way. Like, Russell Westbrook, his team is – a very, very good defensive team, not a good offensive team, right? So Russell Westbrook can lean more into doing offense because his team can't shoot. And so they're just going to lock down on defense because their entire offense is this one person. Why would I want Russell Westbrook to waste more energy on defense when his team can handle that burden and he can just do offensive stuff? Well, It's, it's counterproductive ask, me- to ask him to do both. Let me ask you a simple question. As the uh, kids say in the meme, why not mm-hmm. both? That's what Kawhi Leonard is doing. Why because not both? at that point, it would be counterproductive for Russell Westbrook, right? Because he carries an intense offensive burden. That's right? great. Like, Does Kawhi Leonard not carry an intense offensive burden himself? Is he not seventh in the NBA in usage rate? Does he not comp- have anyone else on his team that can shoot the ball from the outside? Does he not have... Okay, so who's number one? year old Tony who, Parker as his point guard? Who's number one on that? Who's number one Wait, on that? Wait, you're comparing the Spurs shooting to the Thunders? That's oh, what I want to know. I, oh, I no. want to say this. Who's number one on that usage Uh-oh. rate? <laughs> I agree that Russell Westbrook is doing a lot. They but this is rich. Mike, <laughs> even with Russell Westbrook having the, one of the best statistical and one of the greatest seasons in NBA history, they are still 
what was it, 11th or 17th in offense. That is not. Yes, yeah, and who's, that's who's not the analytics on. person here now? What are you citing stats <laughs> now to that your point? Even with him being basically Atlas and like carrying them on his shoulders, <laughs> they can he can only muster to drag them up to 16th. That's how bad they are offensively. Yeah, I I would like to point of order like the San Antonio Spurs. This is not the 2014 team with all this shooting. Look around that team. They have some guys who can make threes, but they are lowest in the NBA in shoot three point attempt rate. They do not space the floor. Nobody guards Tony Parker. Nobody guards Dwayne Dedman. Marcus Aldridge, he's supposed to learn how to shoot threes. Never happened. He okay. they do not have spacing, and yet and yet and yet and yet. These Spurs are nine points places better per on offense, four points better per 100 possessions. And even though Russell Westbrook supposedly has to not play defense because this team doesn't need that, <laughs> the Spurs are still a better defensive team than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he is the linchpin. So, okay, so why, Mike, I got a question. Where, is this the, 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 the Mike and Zito show Spurs right now? Yeah, 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 wait. Can we, can we get to <laughs> other questions? Let's, let's, Tim, Tim, throw a question in real quick. Go ahead. All right, I, uh, I have a question. Why are uh, why are the Spurs better defensively when uh, Kawhi doesn't play when when he's off the court? <laughs> oh. I, I'm sure you guys have all done the uh, research that has been done by some very smart people. Some I know analytic nerds, unlike me. What they have found is that teams are missing more of their wide open threes when Ka- when uh, Kawhi is off the floor, and they're making almost all of them when he's in the game. So let me ask you, do you want the MVP award to be decided by how a team performs while hitting wide open threes or not? What because a coincidence, man. Maybe that Kawhi isn't difference. trying as hard defensively this year. Ooh. Maybe he's just not that good defensively. Oh. You know, maybe I suggest you guys go watch a basketball game once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> ah, success. We oh, came full man. circle. Mike, Mike, Mike <laughs> telling his NBA writers that he edits to, to watch basketball. <laughs> Uh, man, I'm going to hop in here really quickly. Um, Mike, just explain to me why Kawhi should not be looked at as a product of Greg Popovich's system offensively and defensively, for that matter. Well, I already explained offensively. This is not how the Spurs you know, system that they run. They're one of the league's highest isolation teams. He has the ball, the seventh highest usage rate, so he has the ball just as much as these superstars. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They don't really move the ball all that much compared to their past. You guys are talking about the ghost of a Spurs team that doesn't exist anymore. You know, Kawhi Leonard is the system now. You know, maybe he wasn't the system two years ago, but as I repeated ad nauseum in the previous conversation, this is a award for this year. Not for what happened two years ago. Not for the building up that maybe happened to give him confidence to get him to this point. Hmm. Yes, you can credit Greg Popovich and company for that. This is an award for this year. And this year's San Antonio Spurs are not playing the beautiful game on offense like they used to. Now, on defense, yes, the Spurs have always been a very good defensive team. But they have never been a team built around great wing defense until... Until until Kawhi Leonard emerged, he caused them. They do not play defense the same way. Did you know that the Spurs are in the top ten in the league in turnover rate? That has not happened. Has happened one time since Popovich take, has taken over. One time, Kawhi has changed the way they defend. So hmm. the system, Popovich, it's Kawhi Leonard is the system now. Let me ask a real real quick question here, which is that, and I want Zito. This question is for you to articulate your answer. At Mike, okay? so I'm ready. Okay, cool. So <laughs> so it seems like promotion of self is an important thing here, right? Like uh, 
there is something about Kawhi's personality that triggers you, right? There's something about Kawhi's uh, fashion, style, sensibility that might make you dislike him outside of the basketball realm. How much of the MVP award is putting yourself out there and being like, I want this award. Like, I think that I'm the qualified one and these are what I think the qualifications are. Uh, and put that in the lens of Kawhi, who does not really do that stuff, uh, and, and throw that back at Mike. Well, I don't particularly hate Kawhi Leonard outside okay. the realm of basketball. He's just born as all hell. <laughs> but, like, if we're going to be honest about any MVP, any award, anything in life generally in our society, your your promotion is a huge part of why people get stuff, right? It's not if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the All-Star game, what do you do? You promote yourself like, hey, I should be in the All-Star game, blah, blah, blah. Teams put money, blah, blah. Everything is essentially a popularity contest, right? You have to be good at what you do. But at the end of the day, the more money you put into it, the better your chance at winning this award is, right? And I get Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to do that. He's born, he eats plain rice, whatever. And so but that's that's gonna cost him, right? Because if he wants the MVP or if people think that he deserves to win the MVP, you have to you have to advocate for the person that you want, right? His team has to advocate for them. He has to do and like that doesn't work with his personality because you can't really a lot of things Kawhi does amazing, you can't show that to people, right? right? You, you can't show, it's not visceral in the same way James Harden, you know, taking a step back three after crossing somebody or Russell Westbrook dunking over two people. That's not visceral at all, right? Mm-hmm. So if, unless you, with most things, unless you could tap into the emotional capacity of your audience, you're not going to get them on your side. And Kawhi is, he's a nerd player. He's a player for nerds. Right. He's not emotional in any way. So not just because I don't think he should win it over Russell Westbrook, but his entire persona is against this type of award. (laughs) Mike, Um, where's the uh, line from Billy Madison that they said after that long quote? It was like something like um, that was the most eloquent piece of bullshit what was the line no, you know it's like you know we're all dumber for having listened to yeah that? we're all dumber yeah. for having listened to that. Um, <laughs> that's so much. yeah are we electing are we naming the biggest celebrity or are we naming the best basketball player uh because oh. i believe we elected the biggest celebrity uh in this country and not the person who could wow. get the job wow. wow wow yeah this is an mvp discussion the, wow. the, uh, the other thing I will Science. say is that I would like to refer to um, some evidence presented by our Mr. Tim Cato from, um, <laughs> I believe he was in San Antonio when Kawhi shut down Harden. And Mr. Cato, would you mind no explaining to Zito what am... um, Kawhi's Spurs teammates said about Kawhi's MVP candidacy after that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I don't recall because I'm actually uh, <laughs> uh, Arguing for uh, Harden here, so that that came out of the <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me let me. Uh, let me that was a tricky move by Prater uh, right I, there. I, I just wanted to chime in one one last point. Um, if Kawhi is so valuable to the Spurs, why are they seven and one in games he hasn't played in this year? Oh my well, God. that is a you know that's a good point, but um, you know as seven the, and one. Eight games uh, during the regular season really, you know. It's a regular season award. That's true. (laughs) However, would you say that the Chicago Bulls are a better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers? No. I don't understand. The (laughs) Chicago Bulls were 4-0 in games against the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. What what do you make of whether, how doesn't that kind of make it difficult to say that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are a lot better by your logic? 
dysfunction is it, is it, it, it? I don't know. No, I don't think that's a that's a a, a, a valid counter yeah, argument. Plus minus, then like without him, they they've shown to be excellent. Right, so man, you look I, at man, games so without Russell you. Westbrook. How are the Thunder playing? You look at games without James Harden. How are the Thunder or uh, how are the Rockets playing? He's no, just making. They never, look, they Christian never just asked play. a very innocent question. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's funny though. This is all part of the, there's an old. Uh, I'm a fantasy baseball uh, dude, and there's like this old meme that you, that used to go up. Uh, it's called small sample size, and uh, like ten games into the fan, to the fantasy baseball season, and you have no idea how it's going to shake out. And there's always that dude who's like way out in first, uh, and then. I will paste the small sample size song. You guys can all Google that. It's fantastic. And it just has all these different stats of like guys through three games, through four games in the season who are hitting like 800 or who hit five home runs in the first two weeks. And they all sucked the rest of the year. The idea is that these little outliers, these little like seven and ones, which isn't so little actually, and the four and oh Bulls thing, the Bulls are also like. I don't know, one They're undefeated on TNT. Yeah, and there's so. a TNT Thursday night thing. And then they also lost, <laughs> right. you know, to the Nets and Sixers in the last week. So, that's right. We um, can slice up these numbers you can, all we want you can to slice make whatever point we want. But that's, that's the beauty of it. Well, guys, real quick. I wrote quick. a whole article on that. Yeah, but, and, and, well, that's <laughs> the beauty of slicing up numbers is we are now about to get to the two guys who are laced in numbers. There's really no way to separate the candidacy of MVP for Harden and for Westbrook from their pretty spectacular, unprecedented numbers. And I'm going to tee off Tim's. Uh, uh, pitch here for Harden with saying that um, this is from the uh, um, from the Rubenstein piece, the Alex Rubenstein piece that went up, and I think it's a it's a very interesting statistical deep dive. It's on SB Nation now. Check it out, everybody. But uh, uh, currently, as it sits, in terms of sheer volume, uh, Harden has put up over 2,300 points and over 900 assists this year. Not only uh, only Tiny Archibald has ever done that ever, and if you even lower the bar to 2,000 points and 700 assists. The only other people who get through that door are Westbrook and Oscar Robertson. So in terms of unprecedented numbers, that's where we're going to go to now. And I want to give the floor to Tim to tell us why Harden's numbers are specifically special. Tim? You there? Hi, friend. You there, bud? I am. All you, man. All you. Hi, friend. I know it's hard to build a case for you. You have to get going. I didn't. Uh, I, I did not uh, clear this, but uh, with the with the teacher. But I'm hoping to take a little field trip if we can. It's a uh, it's a fun location. It's uh, April 2016, and uh, it's right as the Rockets uh, blow a first round series to the Warriors, who don't have Stephen Curry. Um, just to remind everyone, uh, as we're taking a little field trip back here, you might remember how much you hate the Rockets now, because we all did at the time, because they're awful to watch. Um, in fact, I'm going to read the esteemed uh, Tom Ziller something he wrote. Um, here's, here's a little column he wrote right after they lost. Um, in his words, everything we found disturbing about the Rockets during the regular season, the lack of spirit, the lack of camaraderie, the lack of effort, manifested itself majestically in the series. The Rockets were exactly who we thought they were, a, talent, a talented collection of individual players who simply could not give a flying flip whether they win or lose. All right, full trip over, back to reality, back to today. The Rockets have the third-best record uh, in the NBA, when we thought they would be the eighth seed, the ninth seed, we weren't even sure if they were going to make the playoffs. James Harden is uh, averaging 29 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 assists. Or, uh, I'm sorry, I flipped those. 29 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds, which, you know, you know, it's not a triple-double, so God forbid. But, you know, it's, hey, it's very I, close. And maybe if he was better. 
uh, maybe maybe he doesn't have to have a have a triple double every night. And then uh, nine minutes, uh, he in for nine minutes each game, he has the ball in his hands. He uh, which is actually more than Russell Westbrook. Um, when we say it's a one man offense in Houston, uh, this is this is what we mean: is that for nine minutes out of every game, the ball is in his, is in his hands uh, solely, and he's the guy in charge of making things happen, which uh, leads the league. Um, now I have a question to open up to the floor. Um, who is the second best player on the Rockets? Because I'd love to know. It's a question I thought, thought to myself, and it's just nobody stands out. I mean, um, I, think, I am I am curious to hear what you guys say. Go ahead. I think the best player on the Rockets is Mike D'Antoni. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Damn. Christ! I don't yeah. think he's a player. It's, it's funny, <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen him uh, suiting up in a jersey. I don't. Oh, I've I don't seen think him. Be a good look for anyone. <laughs> That's a good question, who the second best player is. I'm interested to know because, uh, Mike, if you're going to tell me the second best player, I know I can already see the gears moving in your head right now. Mike knows. Mike knows. Who's the second best player, Mike? Uh, Well, I think, um, you know, (laughs) it's a a very fair point. The second best. The question, though, maybe perhaps is not who the second best player is, but who the sixth, seventh, and eighth best players are and how they're much better than the sixth, seventh, and eighth best players on Uh, most of these teams. Objection. (laughs) Objection. Yes. My question was who the second best player was. I, 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 I think I think the fair way to answer that question is the second best player on the Rockets is a different player every night. It could exactly. be Lou Williams. It could be Eric Gordon. It could be Ryan Anderson. Sometimes you get Trevor Ariza, um, and I think that's uh, you know you can applaud. Tabella, Pat Beverly. Yeah, so, so a bunch me, of different guys. Let me hop back in here. Let me hop back in here very briefly. Um, I agree with you. I think that is the correct answer, um, and I, I think that we have a very unique case where last season. We can actually look at two of those players who are now contributing for the Rockets, Gordon, uh, Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson, and we compare them with Anthony Davis, and they won 30 games last year. <laughs> so why are why are they why aren't they able to fill in this role as the second best player now? You know, as as a roaming second best player. You know, add in Trevor Ariza, who's a good player. Add in Clint Capella, who is a good player. But neither of them are anywhere close to the second best player. And, and the only solution we come down to is that the reason they're not a 31 team. And the reason they're a, actually uh, going on a 55-win team, and there's a, they have the third best record in the league, is because James Harden makes this entire team work. And without yeah. James Harden, they wouldn't work. And that is the only cl- conclusion I can draw from from all of this. Tim, are you are you suggesting that James Harden is actually the doctor that made uh, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon healthy? Um, wow. I might be actually. <laughs> no, but uh, they neither Anderson and Gordon. You know they've had health problems, but uh, I mean, what, what do you want to say? They they were injured. They were uh, injured off and on a little bit last season, but not uh, if I recall right, not nearly as much as uh, seasons past. Hmm. Well, I, I want to. Th- I think there is something interesting to the, and this goes back to that, that question we had um, from TM Morning, who, who tweeted that at us, which is the system versus the player, or the player versus the system. It appears this is kind of a marriage of of both. It really is where like the apex hits the system and the player being really you know in concert together. Um, there was an interesting stat earlier in the year, and, and Mike, you probably could fill this in the gaps better than me, but like Harden was either the one making, uh, or in essence, the uh, the Rockets had the second fewest passes total in the NBA, uh, but the second highest percentage of assists per bucket. Uh, the idea being that Harden was either scoring himself or making the, the pass that went directly to the bucket. And that speaks to your nine minutes of possession uh, with the ball in your hands. But I'm, I'm interested in this, and Zito, I'd love for you to hop in here because you're going to argue some numbers against these numbers. 
tell me why you think, uh, um, and this without even defining your own candidate here in Westbrook, but tell me what you think is not impressive about just like substituting a rebound up or an assist down. I mean, you kind of feel like you're modifying Harden's numbers to, to discredit them when in actuality, like an extra assist is probably a more valuable thing than an, a rebound and a half less. Well, okay, so with the numbers then, is to me it's just very the number the number difference between James Harden and Russell Westbrook is so minuscule that it's like to me it's amazing when people actually go into that like you know Russell Westbrook has the most uncontested rebounds versus James Harden but if you look at that list the next guard that's right under West, Russell Westbrook is James Harden <laughs> right it's like he's what 1.7 and Russell is 2.1 and you're really gonna argue the uncontested <laughs> rebound when that when that difference is that minuscule? That's not you're not being honest, right? There's no honesty in that. There's just like I am gonna twist these numbers so it could benefit my MVP, even though I know it's being obtuse purposely, right? Well, well, so, then, well then is the answer then that the number that matters? And Tim, feel free to tell me if this is how you feel. Is that that 54 right there, as opposed to the 46, and that's wins. That's the biggest difference. If the actual X's knows that the numbers in between the lines are so much closer. To me, to me it's not that that matters more necessarily. Mm-hmm. But when I when I'm presented with two two candidates, which is uh, Harden Harden and Westbrook, who are you know almost by themselves the only reason their team is able to do what they are what their team is able to do. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and use wins as a tiebreaker, and it's it's uh, it's not you know it's rough around the edges, and it's you know it's it's maybe unfair to to Westbrook that his teammates aren't better, but that's the reality that we're faced with. So you know uh, if if you want to go off precedent precedent, you can do that. Where, where this is often an award that is given to uh, to uh, players whose teams are in the best. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, I I would be happy to vote for Westbrook, but. To me, it's it's just so hard to discern a difference between those two, who really, into you know individually make their teams tick by themselves, and it's it's really incredible what they've both been able to do. Um, but but I don't see you know statistically like like just because the average is a triple double doesn't mean that you know you give them the edge over Harden. I, I don't see I don't see somewhere that Westbrook deserves an edge uh, over over what Harden has done as well. Hey, hey Tim. Can um, I kill that triple? Oh, can I man. kill the? Sorry. Can I kill that wins argument really quick, please? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Because sure. it's funny to me that uh, people say the triple double thing is an arbitrary measure, right? Like oh, it's just arbitrary yeah. numbers. They don't tell the whole story. Blah blah blah. But then you would attribute wins a team wins to an individual award, right? It's like, uh, come, like it as at a that point, right? Give it's, it to Kawhi to me, Leonard. To me, it's a tiebreaker. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's not, a, it's not an argument I, I bring in. Then, then how yeah. else would you well, recommend I mean, do you have a better way to, to break this tie between two players that are, you know, historically offensive, uh, yeah. having historic offensive seasons? Wait, Zito, save that answer because that'll help, that'll help you with your, your portion of this. Don't Sorry. answer that quite yet. Um, good, good. Go ahead, huh. Tim, really quickly. Um, last five minutes of a game, do you trust James Harden with the ball? <laughs> I do. Why? He's shooting 36% from the field, 27% from three in the last five minutes. In crunch time, he's terrible. And your MVP cannot be terrible with the game on the line. So mm-hmm. my question is, how can he win MVP if his team is going to lose in a close game with him in the game? Oh, my God. Uh, he, the, the problem is that we're going to go back to this fantasy baseball thing. Is, it's that <laughs> he's won 55 games, and his teams have been in, you know, they're just not in crunch time possessions nearly enough for, for me to actually value those stats as being uh, something that, 
that is uh, anything more than a than a small trend that would reverse itself over time. I don't think it's, it's not just unique to the season, and it hasn't reversed itself over time in the last few years. So Ooh. it seems well, it's a surprised. trend that's like, going to continue. I would imagine Westbrook's minutes in in the clutch time are are probably doubled what what Harden's are, it's just because. Uh, Westbrook's team is constantly. Behind, I never brought up Westbrook uh, going into fourth quarter. I, I never spoke about Westbrook. We were talking about James yeah. Harden. Yeah, that's right. So are we? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, he's just. I don't think you can vote someone in for MVP when you can't trust him on the floor in the last five minutes of a game when he's folded multiple times, multiple years with the game and on the he line. He had more stamina. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me. Let me. I have one. Go, one go last ahead, Mike, thing. I know. I this is opening myself up to a little bit of criticism. Oh, uh, Hypocriticism. Um, however, um, Tim, do numbers eighteen point seven and sixteen point nine mean anything to you? Uh, they're probably about to, as you explain them to me. Yeah. So one is the uh, the net rating of the Rockets lineup without James Harden, with Cord Brewer still on the team. The other is the Rockets net rating without James Harden on the court, with Lou Williams instead on the team. Uh, can you please explain how the Rockets are so good when they're so t- the guy who has the ball for nine minutes and is their entire system and they have no second best player? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you know, can, all that. How, how do you explain those numbers? Can I answer that one? I think the answer is Mike D'Antoni. That's true. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Let him oh, 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 yeah. Are, are we? Are we? We're finally letting me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these people. Oh no. Anyway, I, I will. I will make no qualms about uh about Harden's teammates being uh, better than say the Thunder. Um, and in fact, that's why once again, uh, his team has 55 wins. Um, you know, you don't the, the Cavaliers and and the the Thunder. You know, two two teams whose MVPs in this case have significantly higher on-off splits. Um, don't have nearly the wins that that the Rockets do, and uh, that that doesn't surprise me because if a team's going to get 55 wins, uh, you have to have players that are that are pretty decent when you when you go off the court. That doesn't mean that Harden's numbers aren't still better when when he's on the court. Clearly, the Rockets are better. Clearly, you know the the statistics, the statistics back up that that he's able to uh, be the guy who kind of runs this offense, and he's also the guy they trust. You know, with more with more bench lineups. You know, when when they're gonna when they're gonna run four starters out there, um, they, they will run four starters out there, and then you know, give Harden his breather, and then Harden's supposed to you know lead a second unit or something like that. You know, there's there's reasons for this, and this is why uh, on off is is it's it's both my favorite stat and, and the one that inherently needs the most context provided around it. I and see. I think so in this it's... case, when you provide context, it's just you know it doesn't. It doesn't show that that the Rockets are just an amazing team that could uh, could trade Harden out and and still win forty five games. Um, if any of y'all actually believe that, then then I think you're all nuts, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go find somewhere else to work. So, <laughs> wow, wow, you get a on hinge. I think I think the attorney is rattled. <laughs> oh, I will say this, guys, and this uh, this will be the transition over to over to Zito for the Westbrook portion of this, which we'd be remiss if we didn't get to Westbrook. We could end it now, guys, and just uh, thank you for playing, Zito. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, no, only, is... only teams that win get to win the <laughs> Well, oh. so this was, this was what, um, again, back to the Alex Rubenstein piece on Harden, because it's, it's poignant here. Um, he tried to talk about that second best player. He said the Rockets won 55 games without another star. And we'll define star as like, we're going to call Aldridge a star. Uh, even though maybe this season he hasn't taken this game to another level or he's been a little dinged up, etc. But he's still a star. Um, and he said the kind of players that have won as many as 55 games without another star per se, we're talking about the 03 
Spurs, where the second best player was either Steven Jackson or 20 year old Tony Parker. You got Akeem Olajuwon doing a 94 with his best teammate was Otis Thorpe. Uh, so there's that. Uh, or LeBron in the final two seasons in his first stint with the Cavs when his top lieutenant, as Alex said, was Mr. Mo Williams. So Was that the Ilgowskis year? Yeah. I, he, count, I count him. As a star? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, Big Z is a legend. <laughs> he no. is, man. No, Big Z is fantastic, <laughs> but no, no. He's, he had wooden feet. Wow. Um, okay. Man, I never thought he would be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, I like him as a mentor to uh, to Joel, but uh, not as uh, not oh, as the second man. best star on a team. Um, so there is a little something to uh, as I'm taking notes here, as I'll be the final judge. There's a little something to that second best star uh, argument. With that being said, a guy who used to play with multiple stars who's all by himself now, uh, Zito. I mean Russell Westbrook. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> thanks, oh thanks, my goodness! The, the floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Can, can I just like rail against? Every all the like statistical arguments, even though Russell Westbrook is like the statistical person right now, is that I hate how at this point in the MVP discussion, we've gotten to the point where numbers are being so misused and so twisted that there's really no honesty left in the MVP discussion, right? Because all that's been happening is I am going to find a specific few numbers that backs up my candidate, and I'm going to ignore the context around it or anything that would make it seem like he's not that good, right? Let's say you say uh, Russ or James Harden makes his team so much better, which is what an argument that I had with uh, somebody who wrote, writes for Fan Rag Sports, right? <laughs> and he was telling me that James Harden makes his teams better. He's 5.5% better efficiently than Russell Westbrook, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. How does their teams play when each of them is not on the court, right? When the Thunder are not on the court versus when the Rock, or when the Thunder don't have Westbrook versus when the Rockets don't have James Harden, right? The Rockets were so much better than the Thunder <laughs> when both stars are sitting, right? So if you're going to say that James Harden makes his team better. And Russell Westbrook increases his team, like, inc- makes his team better, much better, like, much higher than James Harden does. That is not an argument that you should use, right? That's, it's, <laughs> it's dishonest if you're just only going to say it for this one person. Or if you're going to tell me that he's, he scores, or Russell Westbrook only scores 2.8 points out of, even though he's, he's like 5.5% higher in efficiency, it's like, sure. But look at how they play, right? Look at what each person does. If, if I'm watching James Harden, if I'm watching the Rockets, and the Rockets are just shooters, there's lanes open. Like, we all know lanes are open when you have shooters. You have to defend the three-point line. When you play the Thunder, you have one specific person you have to guard. Because even their assists, even everything comes when he goes and he penetrates or he sees something, Right. You're going to crowd this person. Not to say that Russell Westbrook isn't naturally inefficient by the way that he plays, but you literally, teams can literally just say guard Russell Westbrook and don't worry about everybody, let, let everybody else beat us. And mo- more times out of, like nine times out of ten, if you do that, you have a much better chance at beating the Thunder. But if you go into if you go into That's the Rockets, you're like statement. No, let him go. No. Keep going, Zito. But no, because this, this is, it's been bothering me so much about like twisted numbers. Because I'm not anti analytics. I'm anti like in, intelligence, right? And there's nothing more. There's nothing. I don't want to be mean about this, but there's nothing dumber than purposely twisting stuff to fit your like what you're trying to say. 
Right. Meanwhile, as, so, you, as you twist uh, the on-off numbers and as you no, twist no, no, uh, the twist triple the double numbers, because I think James Harden is having an amazing year. Like I think James Harden, if he wins the MVP, I would not be mad at it because James <laughs> Harden is like what he's doing is incredible. Concede nothing, I'm, Zito. Okay, yeah, podcast I'm over. Saying, what? Zito's talking so long. Right, our yeah, our, our cool. technicians are leaving. <laughs> he just walked out the building. Yeah, can we? Can we? Can we? Like, kind of cut off this opening statement. This is a long. Okay. I, I wish if I had reason, more time, I would have kept going. The reason Westbrook should win is because he is doing absolutely something that we've never seen before. And without him, the Thunder are not even a sensible team in any manner. And because the whole thing that the Thunder did when uh, Kevin Durant left was basically. Russell Westbrook, save us. And he is doing that. What <laughs> other team has an MVP caliber player like Kevin Durant leave? And there's just only like 10 or 11 wins less. That's, that's just, that's unheard of. All right, James Harden, James Harden, uh, a.k.a. Tim Cato. What is your response to that? I mean, Samaj Christian is the worst point guard, backup point guard in the entire NBA. Of course, the on-off numbers complement, you know, Westbrook. Whenever he's off the floor, the, uh, the, Backup point guard who's been, you know, they've they've used campaign and they've used some other people. Point is, every time he leaves the floor, the the, the Thunder are putting a below average uh, backup point guard back onto the floor, and that's a huge part for for the plus minus numbers and all that. Um, again, I I think that the the numbers are so impressive, and I just don't see uh, in, in my eyes, I, I don't see a tangible way to differentiate them sometimes from a. From someone like James Harden, who is having, you know, you know, in, in, it's a it's a point here. It's it's you know, like like two numbers better here, one one number worse here. I mean, you can look at it whatever you way you want, but both of them are having are breaking historical records on the offensive end, mm-hmm. uh, all you know nightly. And I am just not going to criticize Harden for not going above and beyond that for having slightly better teammates. Okay, I mean that's. Super yeah, but then why would you give? Why would you use wins then if he has slightly better teammates? That is that is a difficult part of this, right? Because yeah, the wins is more of a you know a team oriented uh, yeah. statistic. Yes, it's it's like I agree. you have to dismiss that, or like at least because they're both in the playoffs and they're like the record is only a, like ten or eleven wins, twelve, well, whatever. So I want to I want to pair this off now because there's two parts of this, right? One is that. Um, I want to get Christian and Prada to make a comment here. The first part of that is that LeBron has always shouldered an exceptional amount of his team's overall ability and he, what he does to plus up guys who really aren't that good. Like Channing Fry is still That's in the NBA right now because the 10% LeBron gives him, right? Uh, Corver could play for another four or five years because he's going to be attached to LeBron. Richard Jefferson has had the best twilight of a career of anybody I could think of by attaching himself to LeBron. James Jones has followed that J- man everywhere James Jones has goes. been a six straight NBA finals. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so there's that. So, so James I want to get Jones cr- should be the MVP. Yeah, yes, right? Should. See, that's been, he's the secret sauce. So I want to get Christian's <laughs> thought on that first. And then, Mike, you could tell me about, because you're, you know, going to bat for a two-way player and you have been critical of me in the past for being such a, a fervent or, or whatever the right word is. I'm an avid uh, Westbrook supporter and all, they'd always bring me down to earth and be like, well, he doesn't play defense. So, Christian, first on that, the uh, the total weight of what LeBron's been doing for years and years now is really just what Westbrook's doing this season. And then Mike, talk me through that that full basketball game, that two sides of it you were talking about, offense and uh, whatever that other part was. Um, I think when where I bring LeBron into this conversation and actually question Westbrook's MVP candidacy a little bit is does Westbrook make his teammates better? And that's something that you can say undoubtedly about LeBron, but you can look at who Westbrook has. I think. 
I don't want to do the whole if you put LeBron on this team, if you put Westbrook mm-hmm. on that team, but LeBron has consistently shown that he makes his teammates better. He instills in them those values where, all right, we're going to compete. We're going to make you can say, you can argue you haven't seen it this year, but he he makes his the guys around him better. I'm not sure you can say that about Russell Westbrook, at least not right now. Um, he plays at an insanely high level, but Zito, would you would you classify Westbrook as a player who makes his teammates better? Yes, like where, like what measurement of makes his teammates better besides the, besides the ambiguous like nature of it? Like what measurables would you say dictates making your teammates better? I mean, guys are still missing open shots. Guys are still fumbling open balls. Um, That's not his fault. That is. I mean, what is he supposed to do about guys having bad hands? Now, I mean, okay, let's we can still talk about guys missing open shots and just the way that Westbrook plays, you know, I don't think he's really like when you when you compare him to LeBron, you compare LeBron how he's making his his teammates better and, he's, and I guess it's another way of saying like LeBron is carrying these teams. He's like like as as uh, Ben said, he's carrying these guys to the championship. He's carrying the guys to the, to the promised land. You you have no I I don't even really think that you can really assume that Wait, are they no, they're not. I don't think you can really think that the Thunder are getting out of the first round, you know. And yeah, that's but like that's that's the highest that he can take them. Right? No, it's like, not. No, 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 no. You don't. Okay. So, so you don't think that? What do you think? In a possibility, can do more. Hmm. Can do like, more. Tell me exactly what he can do more to make these players better. Play defense. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Because yeah, no, playing yeah, defense makes your yeah, players yeah, makes your teammates better. Defense, right? He can play defense, but we know that's a weakness. That we know that is. A I don't think that's West a weakness. Group. I don't think that's also, a weakness. Also, wait, it, I believe that there is also one candidate in this group oh, that does not have gracious. a weakness Mike. because he plays <laughs> defense. Jeez, the you know, man, why are we like, awarding the MVP? We're having, we're, having, we're talking about real MVP candidates right now, not now, Mike. Yeah, he's not like, not like guys who play for the Spurs. Come on, please. Anyway, can I, can I, I think we more that out there. Yeah, what? All right, Westbrook. Westbrook has contested about, uh, I believe it's 250 or 300 shots this season, um, which is which is bottom in the bottom in the league because he constantly uh, leaves his guy to uh, to run over to the uh, to the rebounding position and, and try to grab rebounds. Uh, Harden's at about 800, I think 850, um, which is third best in the league. So, I mean, if you want a tangible example of how one player is you know attempting to play defense and then not selling out to get offensive you know defensive rebounds which to be fair it's good for the thunder when when they get those rebounds but i, I do think it's been pretty clear that uh that i, I don't care about uncontested rebounds I, I care about whether the rebounds you're achieving um affect your defense on the other end and i do feel to some degree westbrook has that problem and uh the other <laughs> candidates in this Another thing about Westbrook's rebounding is I think I was talking to Seth about this earlier. I think he's the only guard I've ever seen line up on the foul line and grab rebounds. Like he does this every single game. So are his rebounding numbers skewed because Steven Adams is putting his hand away from rebounds so that Westbrook can get him? You know, once again, 1.7 to (laughs) 2.1. 1.7 to 2.1 is the difference of these skewed numbers. Well, I, I would, I would. First of all, I would contest. Uh, I would agree with what Tim is saying. Um, yes, the Thunder have a pretty good defense, but how good a defense would they have if Russell Westbrook, instead of maybe grabbing one or two of those rebounds where he doesn't contest shots, maybe actually prevents plays some defense and prevents a shot from going in? Who's to say the Thunder's defense can't be even better if Russell actually tried on that end? 
Okay, so I'm not arguing that, right? You guys are correct that if he tries harder on defense, that their defense will probably be better, right? What I'm saying is that which area that is he needed most in this Thunders team? Well, why does right? it have to if be you... one or the other? Like, why can't he be needed in both places? Again, I would like to point out that what I'm um, saying is, I, if you look at the strength needed in of... both both sides of the court, and he delivers. All right. So if you look at somebody's strength, right, like let's take any other profession. If you have somebody who's really, really good at one thing and can be kind of good at another, but you have a deficiency in that thing that he's really, really good at. Right. And you're kind you're what you're good at a thing that he's not really good at. Right. Would are you willing to split his energy between both when you can just funnel him to help you in that one direction that you really need help in? Am I am I trying to get the most out of him, or am I trying to decide who's the most valuable member of my team? You're trying to I, get I, the I best out of your team. You, right? you guys are. I mean, it's, this is a little bit of a witch hunt for a player who's <laughs> like done something that nobody has ever done before. Which is what I'm I, saying. I just, like, why are we nitpicking yeah. at this person who's just? Incredible. Yeah. This yeah. whole MVP race is a big nitpick. It is. Because right. there's I mean, four versions. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Right? Because you can just say, look at what he's done, right? You don't even need, you can just watch him play. You can watch them play. And you're just like, you're down by 18 points. This yeah. guy is, he scored the last like 18 points and he's tied the game up. <laughs> and then he runs down and shoots a three and like wins it for them. And every time that they're in trouble, they're just like, all right, you know what? We're in trouble. Russ, save us. And like almost every time, like when when they were losing against the Rockets, and I got into an argument about this as well because they were down twenty in the fourth quarter, and he was still in the game and he was coming back, and they were just like, "These are garbage time points. These are empty. This is an empty triple double." And I was like, "He brought that game. He brought that lead down to nine points. Nine points yeah, from twenty. How much, how much does that actually matter, though? I think it's a fair question. Yeah. No, but that look against the Mavericks, right? Look against what he did against every other team, right? They're down by double digits. Why are they down double gonna, digits to the Mavericks? No, but I'm yeah, saying they're down by right. double digits, and he brought him back to win the game. It was the same thing he was doing against the Rockets, except this time it didn't work. It's literally, we have no other option but to just let Westbrook bring us back into this game. Sometimes he can only get you to nine points. Other times he wins and he takes you to overtime and he wins. That's, that's just incredible. Like, there's no way you can argue against something that majestic. I don't think, unless you're like really hell-bent on discrediting Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he's, he's had a great season. I'm just saying we have to make picks. And I want to make one final point before we end this. Um, Zito, I believe you said that um, earlier in this that you said that you didn't think anyone would have predicted that they had only won, uh, what was it, like 11 fewer games than they did with Kevin Durant or whatever, right? Yeah. I believe that was a point you made. Um, can you please tell me what the over-under for the Oklahoma City Thunder was this year? <laughs> please, let's not do this, right? Because I have Why? an argument against it's that, significant. too. It's right? a significant because question. I've, Deliver I've, it. Mike, the answer, by the way, is 45.5. Um, can you uh, please Mike, describe? In other words, they're beating their over-under by one half game right now. Uh, the Houston Rockets, I believe, have beaten their over-under uh, 41.5. Hmm, that's like 12 and a half. Uh, even the San Antonio Spurs. It's 14 with a win on Wednesday. Yeah, wow. even the San Antonio Spurs, over-under 56.5, they have beaten their over-under by more than the Oklahoma City right. Thunder have. This team that we nobody could have expected would be this good. So please, 
explain to me why that premise is correct when I believe these odds makers are do this for a living uh, and are pretty good well, at this. Mike, so here's the thing that only works against the uninitiated, right? But we both you watch an intense amount of basketball, right? Let's just clear that up. And if we look at how these teams played during the season, like let's say at the first three months of the season, right? Because before the season, Dan Antoni or Mike D'Antoni was, he was an unknown quantity, right? Harden in D'Antoni's system was an unknown quantity. The known quantity was how Russell Westbrook played without Kevin Durant, right? Not And like the players around and what they've done with Kevin Durant around. Those are known quantities. When we saw what James Harden was doing in D'Antoni's system, it cha- it's changed entirely how we think how we think the Rockets should have been doing. Right? It's not like it's not like these these predictions were made when after a season of watching these two play in these two in these two new systems without Kevin Durant and James Harden in, in this new system and with these shooters around them. That that was just that's not something that we knew. But once you've seen them both in action, which team was the better team? Well, the one that won more games, but that's because, don't you think that the best player on the team deserves an outsized credit for that? If you are suggesting that the the best player on the Thunder deserves credit for where he has brought the Thunder to this point, are you? Why would it not be the same? I'd also like to note that um, with the the implication that the they are only setting these lines for laymen, I believe it was the ESPN summer forecast that predicted the Thunder would have the sixth best record in the West and the Rockets would be eighth. Um, okay, are so you like, suggesting if we're holding predictions, if we're holding predictions to like like mean exact things. Then we're just gonna have a huge problem, like every failed. Because I think we can go back. Well, every yeah, we're gonna year. have huge problems because that undermines your argument. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We're gonna I'm have saying, huge like, problems. I'm saying when you saw these two teams play, which team was the better team? And I'm not saying that James Harden doesn't contribute to his team in a great amount of number. I think I've said several times that James Harden is an incredible player and he's having an incredible year. And if he wins, I would have no problems about it. I'm saying once you saw these two teams play, once you saw them in full flow at their best. Which which system, or at least which one had a better supporting cast, and which one was more built to win than against the other one? Well, don't you think some of that has to do with the flexibility and playmaking skill that James Harden possesses, as opposed to the my way or the highway style of Mr. Westbrook? Well, why do you think the Thunder right, right. are playing the my way or the highway style? I'm hopping in. I'm hopping in. We are now. We just we just did back to back to back to back questions on questions. <laughs> you, Mike answers Zito's question with a question, and then and then he goes, "Well, let me just ask you though." And I like that because that's 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 some good lawyering right now. I appreciate that from from everyone here. Someone make a verdict. I'm going to rule on this. Oh and, boy, uh, here we go. I have Drum some roll, thoughts. Please. I have some thoughts because there's some interesting stuff that's been said. Um, Wait, can we have some closing statements? Well, first? so so. I, I have gonna, one closing statement I'd like to deliver, if you don't mind. Let me give you all, I mean, you, you all get 15 seconds of closing statement right now. He doesn't deserve one. Go, uh, <laughs> uh, Prada, go ahead first, and then, uh, and then Christian, like read, and then Tim, and then Zito. I'd just like to read a tweet from uh, Tom Haberstrow. Uh, LeBron, Russ, Harden, Paul George against the Spurs in the clutch. 7 of 27 from the field, 26%. Combined negative 37, lost 7 of 8. We talk about crunch time as if it's only what Ooh. you do on one end. It is also what you do on the other end, and Kawhi Leonard is a crunch time monster on both Mike, ends. Mike, there was a revision on that tweet. There was a revision on that tweet because another NBA writer watched the film, and Kawhi Leonard did not guard all those people. There was a revision on a tweet, and I Ooh. wish I could find it. Oh. 
Nope. Because okay, somebody, somebody watched did, a film. Uh, did guard them many times. There, okay. there will be a redaction. I will say <laughs> <laughs> somebody watched not a film permissible and in the court of law. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, Zito, remember that. And uh, Christian, your turn here. Last I'm, closing statement. I'm going to use these 15 seconds to ask you a question. You're at the park. <laughs> yep. You're playing pickup ball. Yeah. You want to win the game. Who are you picking first? Uh, Russell ooh, Westbrook. Probably Westbrook if it's at the park. <laughs> I'm going LeBron. I'm He's going LeBron every time, and yeah. so are you. <laughs> if I'm starting an NBA franchise. That's a very fair, fair statement, That's I would fair. say. And LeBron is, is uh, th- if the question was who am I starting a team with, uh, and age not mattering for the next season, I'm, I'm always picking. I'm always picking LeBron. Um, with that being said, uh, Tim, tell me why uh, your closing statement on Harden uh, should hold some water. I mean, I'm just still upset that we weren't talking about Dan Waiters more. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, am I. I mean, I've played enough I, games. He got hurt. Runner-up should be Swaggy P. Uh, all right, fine. Well, Harden has the best beard out of any of these four people, so done. Case closed. Done. Uh, <laughs> Zito. Because Russell Westbrook is the most incredible player in the NBA right now, and you guys need to just stop being haters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> LeBron's got sink. the best hairline. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I tend to agree with that, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you know me. Uh, let's see. Um, I have some thoughts. So the final, uh, your final statements, I don't know if Mike's stat there was, was accurate or not. That might, uh, that you should might, get some points that deducted. That might discredit him. Can, yeah, I will send you the, I will send yeah. you the revision yeah. because if, if, that is uh, an inaccurate. If I had a you're turn right, reality right. Kawhi Leonard is not a good defensive player in crunch time. No, guys, but I'm saying that those statistics right. were dishonest. If I had the mute button, you'd all be muted right now. You'd all be muted right now. I'm Tony Reale muting you guys on Around the Horn. Okay, so my thought is this. Uh, LeBron and uh, Westbrook are going to fall into this category of when we we stare at something so long we try to find its flaws. LeBron's been in the league for 14 years. There is basically nothing you can say about his NBA career up to date, where we think it's going to go, to talk to Christian's points there, and the season he's having that would say that it's not an MVP-worthy season. But we've seen him do this before. So in essence of what we talked about with Jordan, Barkley had his 1994 uh, MVP. It could have been Jordan's. There were certain MVPs Shaq didn't win. He could have won every year as well. Um, so there's always going to be a little fatigue of greatness. Now, that part of that fatigue of greatness does touch Westbrook because coming into this year, we had an expectation. Now, granted, it was up in the sky. It was 1,000 feet above us, but it was, hey, this could be the year someone averages a triple-double. But then as that starts to actually happen, it becomes more commonplace, a little bit more mundane. And it's something that even though it should impress the hell out of us, it doesn't impress us as much as we actually thought it would once it's actually real. So there's sort of that fatigue of we've heard about this stat, the watering down. We all talked about the different numbers we can throw for our guys. And we've thrown so many numbers out there that could complement any of the four guys we talked about. But the one hard number that speaks to both writers around the world who follow the sport as well as the casual fan who just knows it from, uh, from Ice Cube's ringing endorsement uh, in the late 80s is a triple-double. We know the triple-double, and it's important to understand the, the way it ties generations of basketball fans together. So there's a little bit of fatigue there. Then there's the James Harden component, which is people have, have wanted a lot from Harden for years offensively, but he always sort of had either another superstar around him. He either had a coach that didn't necessarily fit in his, his, uh, his line of thought for how the game should be played. He paired up with someone so perfect for him that you can't even differentiate where the greatness is coming from, if it should be attributed to D'Antoni or if it should be attributed to what Harden does. So there's a little bit of push and pull there. And then with Kawhi, to Mike's case... 
some of the things that Kawhi does are so subtle. The fact that he leads the world in deflections is never something that's going to win an MVP, but it's something that matters day in and day out to how you win and lose basketball games, which goes to our greater conversation about the importance of wins and losses in all of this, and that's where teammates, in my opinion, are the actual deciding factor. So I don't like to discredit the wins and losses or, or put too much credit in there. So with that all being said, as I just analyzed all four, and you guys did a great job, I want to thank uh, Christian Zito and Tim for, for joining us here, and Mike for, uh, for joining us uh, wherever you are in your, in your beautiful abode in Long Island there. So uh, uh, my MVP is uh, uh, it's Westbrook because I've been wanting Westbrook to, oh, Westbrook to, be, I've wanted Westbrook to be the MVP oh. for years now. And not just that, Mike, you know how big of a uh, Russell Westbrook what? fan I am. And uh, for years and years and years, I've wanted him to be this guy who can stand up on top of mountain. Because here's the biggest question for all you guys, as we ask each other questions on questions. Where do you go from here if you're Russell, Russell Westbrook? There's nowhere else you can go. If he has, four, if he has 14 seasons like this, in essence, doing what LeBron did for the last decade and a half, he will actually combust. Like, he'll just dis- devolve into a bunch of molecules. If James Harden uh, uh, has this type of season again next year with people being able to key on him, and there's a, again, there's a, a switch that happens in the NBA. D'Antoni's teams have been uber successful early on, and then, <laughs> generally speaking, that decline is sharp and abrupt. I'd love to see some longevity there, but I have wanted to see Westbrook take this tour de force to the next level for years. The opportunity presented itself. He did capitalize on it. He gave the whole NBA world what they wanted, which was to see that triple-double. There are generations of NBA fans who were not alive, who don't even have a, a relative to tell them about when Oscar Robertson did it. Uh, and I would say that the way the game has evolved from nine teams to 30, the, the, uh, the entire evolution of the NBA. It's pretty impressive that Westbrook was able to pull that off this season. That does not discredit any of the other three. Any other year, they can make a, a strong argument, including this year, for it. But I'm going to go with my man Russell Westbrook and Zito Madu. I think you missed the mark on this one, I have a feeling this decision to the, uh, to the Ninth Circuit. We had a, we had a crooked judge. And I think you missed the mark. The most important number is seven. That's how many consecutive finals LeBron will have made oh, this man. year. Well, well, we'd love to get the thoughts see about of, uh, that. of all. There's, there's no we'll see. We'll get the all thoughts right. of all the listeners. It's funny when the Miami hit, he so beat them in the first not round. Not from the losers. Well, so just uh, for two seconds of the floor being yours, Zito, because you're uh, your candidate one here. The, the, the closing off. of all closing statements is yours here before I roll. Us out. You guys are so much like you guys are losers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but I've won. <laughs> and oh my goodness! Uh, spoken know. like Westbrook. That's Join perfect. the Brody Hive. Stop! Stop fighting your urge. Join the Brody Hive. Have fun. Dance. Uh, I can do what I want. Stop picking boring people. Stop being boring. <laughs> And scene. Perfect, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you all for joining us. And I hope everyone enjoyed this lively, spirited, and ultimately, I think, accurate MVP debate on the Limited Upside podcast. Mike, Christian, Zito, Tim, thanks as always, guys. We really appreciate you coming on and joining us. And everyone, uh, be on the lookout for our playoff preview. We're going to have Mo Docchio come on uh, in the next day or so. Mike and I will be in studio, hopefully, to be able to break that down with Mo and give you guys a playoff preview. So enjoy this MVP debate, and then we'll get right on to the next thing. Until next time, this is the Limited Upside Podcast.